you know, you just get to this point in life where you're just tired of bending over backwards just to please everybody. And my grandmother, she warned me of this point, And she said, before she died, I was just a little girl. And she said, you will reach a point in your life where you're tired of bending over backwards for everyone just to please them. And when you reach that point, you will start bending forwards so they can kiss your ass. Today, you start bending forwards. You start moving forwards because you're tricking yourself into thinking you can't. So you need to discover how to trick yourself into doing it, into succeeding. So I won't even ask if you're ready. I'll just say this. Let's do it. Her hair is curly, her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Don't think. If you're hesitating to call, call. If you're hesitating to send that email, press send. If you're hesitating to text, text. You know those wildly wealthy people, those people who are successful by whatever stereotypical standards of success we measure? You know how they got there? They got there because they acted. They did something. They didn't bend over backwards for others to please them. They pleased their desire. They turned their desire into action. And it's not about how they did it. They did it. They didn't hesitate. They did it. That's the difference. Except if you're drunk, don't do it. Don't post, don't text, don't call. Unless you're calling or texting someone to drive you because that's the responsible thing. Don't drink and drive. Okay, enough with the PSA, PSA over. But the thing is, you can trick yourself out of doing anything. Maybe you bend over backwards for others so you can have a reason why you didn't take the time to do whatever it is for yourself. Maybe you feel you can't do what you want to do because you talk yourself out of it. You can talk yourself out of anything at all. If you look for reasons to fail, you will find them. If you look for reasons why you shouldn't be here, you will find them. The converse is true. And here's what happens. I'm going to give you my own true life story, something I'm going through right now in just a bit. But first, this is very important to understand. We set ourselves up thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be a success. I'm going to get there. And you're, you're right there. You're on your path. You're at the starting line. You're on your way. You're ready to go. Does any of this sound familiar? Have you been through this? Have you done this? Right? You're ready. You can do this. You have got it. And then you start going because you charted your path and you see this course and it's this diagonal line, like on a chart that just goes up and up and up. And so you are going up and up and up. That's the path you're going to follow to get to that point that you call success. But it's not going according to what you charted. And you're not just going continuously in that upward rising up a mountain motion. 
Instead, you're going up and you're dipping down. You're going up and you're dipping down. And then you see those dips that you're making. And how do you see those dips? You see those dips as failures. You see those dips as the places where I could hand in my resignation now. I can hand in my give up. I'm going to give up right over here because you are not going according to that map you charted for yourself, that map that had that upwards progress because progress, well, that's upwards, right? No, progress is not a straight line, not at all. This map that you chart for yourself, I don't know how many people would draw it with ups and downs throughout. This is not something that somebody expects to be progress, but really, that's what it is. Progress is a bunch of peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, because how else, how else would you improve? You need to go into those lower points because those are the points in which you learn. You're learning on your way. You've never done this before. How can you know everything there is to know? A gold medal Olympian does not have a path that is going up and up and up. They have a path filled, filled with more downs than anybody could possibly expect. But you don't see them en route to that gold medal. You see them standing on that podium. And you see that distance from the ground to the podium on which they're perched with that gold medal. You draw a line from the ground to that podium. And it's a straight line. But you don't see all of the peaks and valleys in between. They're rise and fall. And rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall to get there. So the problem is that these valleys that you're hitting, these are the places where you get to make the mistakes, you get to learn, you get to get better, and then move on. But what's happening is you're hitting those dips and you tell yourself, I'm going backwards. I'm not making any progress. And that's where you're more likely to give up. But in reality, it's in that dip where you're more likely to learn what you need to learn to ultimately move higher. So I've experienced this myself just recently. I'm sort of going through it and I'm wrapping my head around this. It's easy to talk to someone else about what they need to do and how you can do this and how you can do that. But it's so much harder to do it yourself, right? It's easy to be a friend to somebody else. It's so much harder to be a friend to yourself. So I'm writing this book and I actually wrote it the first draft really, really fast, like in, in record time. And I thought, wow, this is almost too fast to have been able to write a book. And so I just, I want to let it rest. I want to let it simmer. I want to let it whatever other way you want to describe food and compare it to a book. But I just want to put it aside. I have so many other projects to take care of. And I'll go back to it later. So while I have this book in hibernation, I guess you can say, 
it was still in my mind. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I'm processing it. It's one of the list of things that's buzzing through my mind at all times, two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, to when I'm almost falling off my chair right now as I'm talking to you. And that's why it sounded like, what was that weird thing in her voice? It was just almost falling off of my chair. No big deal. I haven't really mastered that ability at this point in time to sit and speak into a microphone. It's only been, you know, most of my adult life. So I digress. Also, I think now is a really good time to point out that when you put something into hibernation so that you don't have to think about it and so you can rest and really process it, actively, continuously processing it, not rest, not rest at all. Okay, okay, back to the book. While this book is in hibernation, it's amazing what I convinced myself of while I don't see it. I was looking for all of these reasons why maybe I shouldn't publish it. And boy, I found many. I found so, so many reasons why I shouldn't publish something that I put my heart into. I put everything in me into this book. When I finished writing that first draft, I thought I've never been more proud. I've never been more proud of something I've done. And I can't believe that I was able to put so much of me into something that is so tangible, something that you can see, something that I want other people to be able to feel so they can see things more clearly. And when I was looking for all of these reasons why, (laughs) well, maybe I shouldn't publish this piece of work that is so near and dear to me. And I found all of these reasons why, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't. I shouldn't publish it. Because the thing is, I looked everywhere for reasons why I shouldn't publish that book, except to the book. And so this past week, I picked it up again. And I looked through it. And I look at the book this time. You know what? That's where I should have looked in the first place. There are so many reasons, about 200 pages of reasons, 78,000 words, I believe, why I should publish it. And I cannot wait to get it to you. So here's the thing. When I went back to the book, something special happened. The fear of putting it out there slowly turned into excitement. But how can fear turn into excitement? Well, glad I asked. It's because fear and excitement, they're actually the same thing. They are the same process in your body. Your brain instructs the body to increase breathing and heart rate, dilate your pupils, make your palms sweaty or however it is that you react to these things. And when you feel excitement, when you feel fear, your brain is triggering the same physiological reaction. So what made the difference this time? How did fear become excitement? I was no longer looking for reasons not to publish it. I was looking for reasons to publish it. 
and I just did it slowly, looking at one page at a time, one paragraph at a time, just to really understand what it is I was trying to do and what it is I did. What you need to do is find a way to do something to move forward, even if it's a baby step. Because the more you step away from fear, the bigger it becomes. The further I got away from the book, the closer I got to fear. And fear was the furthest thing from reality. Look, avoidance is actually a natural response to fear, but it's not the one that works. Aristotle said, an individual develops courage by doing courageous acts. And you know what? Science agrees with the Greek philosopher. The most effective scientific approach to eliminating fear is to systematically expose yourself to the thing that scares you, starting small and building tolerance as you work your way up. And there's this neuroscientist, he's one of many neuroscientists to talk about this. I'm just bringing him up in particular because he's top of mind right now. His name is Philippe Golden, and he talks about the science and practice of mindfulness and compassion and says, exposure is hands down the most successful way to deal with phobias, anxiety disorders, and everyday fears of any sort. He has also found that simply repeatedly exposing yourself to the thing you're afraid of, ideally in a positive way, gradually brings down the psychological fear response until it's gone, or at least manageable. And there's actually this concept of self-efficacy by Stanford University psychologist Albert Bandura, and he explains how you get either more or less capable depending on your prior experiences. So people who have performed well in the past, well, they're going to tend to believe that the same will hold true for the future. And they approach difficult tasks more as challenges to be mastered rather than threats to be avoided. You see, the more you listen to fear, the more power you give it. You've heard that a bazillion times, right? But fortunately, the converse is true too. The more you face fear down, the more control you have. Once you understand that, that's when you can systematically expose yourself to the things that scare you and in that way, propel you forward. So here's what you need to do to trick yourself into moving forward. Get crystal clear, crystal clear on that worst case scenario, your fear isn't in doing it. Your fear is in not doing it. And I know I keep saying, just do it, do it now. But there's also something else here. Self-compassion. And you know what? Self-compassion comes before now. Self-compassion comes first. So in the end, I understand courage is going to be different to different people. And one of the most courageous things you can say is, I'll try again tomorrow.
Your peace is more important than trying to figure out why something happened or, or why this isn't working or why someone is treating you this way or why this just can't be done right now. Choose peace. Choosing peace is going to help you to make that choice, to move forward. And then you can try again tomorrow. So choose peace. Choose moving forward. Choose to try again tomorrow. And I know you want to be seen. You want to be heard, valued, appreciated, respected, liked, loved. That's success. And if you choose peace, you'll get it. And you don't have to wait until tomorrow to try again for peace. Peace? That's what you can do right now. You can choose peace right now. So thank you for dropping by the Neighboralia. Thank you for choosing to be here with me. That gives me so much. And I hope that you can get a little something from this too, because I am just here to help you shine brightly so you can use your light to help others shine as well. And I know, I know that you're doing that. Just keep doing that. So go, live, and help live. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Neighboralia. <laughs>